Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And when you look at religion and things like this, it's always man comparing himself to man. Uh, think about this. Here's another religious thought. You know, at least I don't, I'm not as bad as him. At least I don't do that like her. At least I do go to church. At least I do read my Bible. I'm not as bad as they are. That is religious every day of the week. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to another midweek service right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. It is an honor and a privilege to bring you the rich word of God. Thank you for joining me. Well, as you know, we're in our series entitled The Parables of Jesus. And the Lord Jesus is instructing us in these parables how to live a successful, productive, and fulfilling life, no matter what the circumstances are. In times like this that we're living in right now, uh, things are very turbulent. Uh, they're very rocky. They're very shaky. But even in the midst of a storm, the Lord Jesus tells us how to not only survive, but thrive. I'm reminded of a certain instance where the Lord was sleeping in the midst of a storm and the disciples were so afraid. And the Bible says that Jesus arose. They, they actually woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're going to die? And, and Jesus got up and he rebuked the winds and he spoke peace to the, to the waves. And then he asked them a question, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Why are you fearful? Well, I look at that account and we'll, we actually understand that it was Jesus and the disciples in their boat, but there were also other boats with them on the lake as well. And so the question was qualified. Why are you fearful? Seeing as that Jesus is in the boat with you. We understand why they are fearful, but why are you fearful? Jesus is with you. Jesus is the master of every storm, the master of every situation. And he can tell you how to have peace in the midst of your storm, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain, in the midst of adversity. Follow the leading of the Lord and he will bring you through marvelously. Once again, thank you for joining us. Tonight, we're going to look at the book of Mark, the seventh chapter, verses 1 through 23. And we're going to talk about one word really in particular, but it goes further on down. We're going to talk about that word being uh, defiled. We're going to talk about that word defiled or defilement. So keep your ear open for that as we read these verses, verses 1 through 23. So let's go ahead and grab our handy dandy notebook, our phone, and let's go ahead and read that scripture. So it goes like this. This again, this is Mark, the seventh chapter, verses one through 23. And it reads like this. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, 
unwashing hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft or often, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of pots, rather as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Elias prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they let me one more time, verse seven. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whosoever curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mayest be profited by it, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye, have, which, you, which ye have delivered, and many such things, many such like things do ye. Verse 14, when he had called all the people unto them, he said unto them, hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. Now, here's where we're going to go into the parable here in verse number 15. Here we go. There is nothing from without a man that entereth, that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house, from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. Verse 18, and he saith unto them, are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entering entereth into the man, it cannot defile him because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly and goeth out into the drought, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, 
covetousness, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and defile the man. Now, so the Lord has used the word defile multiple times here. Now, I want you to catch the scenario, what's happening here, before we go into that word defile and what it really means to us today. Notice the scribes, the Pharisees, they keep what's called the tradition of the elders. These are some rules or laws that they themselves have come up with or that have been passed down from generation to generation. These are things that they held as sacred. To them, it has become an idol because they held this in greater esteem than the word of God. And anything you hold in higher esteem than God's word is an idol. Jesus said in order for them to keep these tradition of elders, they had to lay aside the word of God. They couldn't do both. They couldn't do both. So they decided one day, hmm, we know what the word says. We know what God says, yes. But let's go with the tradition of elders here because this way is more profitable to us. And so they push aside God's word and then they came up with religion, right? Their system, their way of doing things, their system of being right, not necessarily with God, but with each other. You see, because this was their system, because they operated this system, they made sure that they kept it and they could see when others did not keep it. And because this was their religious act, when someone else didn't do what they knew they should do, they immediately persecuted them. The disciples didn't wash, didn't uh, wash their hands before they ate. Now, of course, we know in today's modern day time, there's nothing wrong with eating uh, with washing hands. That is, to, there's nothing wrong with washing your hands before you eat. There's nothing wrong with cleaning your cups and your pots and your pans before you eat, before you prepare food. As a matter of fact, I prefer it when dishes are clean before you prepare the food, before you cook the food. I prefer to eat clean food on a clean plate, right? The Lord is not saying that this thing is not something good to do. He's saying that they brought this up before the word of God. They preferred it before the word of God. And Jesus takes pause with this because their whole ministry was, was centered around having an external appearance, appearance of righteousness, not internal. They want to make sure the outside was so nice and clean, but they paid no attention to the inside. And Jesus also talks in the, uh, in the Gospels as well. He says, you know, you guys are like whitewashed sepulchers. Oh, you look clean on the outside, but inside you're filled with dead men's bones. So the, 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 the Pharisees, the scribes, and so they came down. The Bible says they came down from Jerusalem. No, here, here were the big boys here, right? Here are the big religious leaders here, and they're going to tell Jesus something. And while they came down, they, they noticed this. Your disciples are breaking our traditions. Tell them they need to stop that. Well, of course, Jesus is extremely displeased with this. 
because they have made their traditions an idol. It's idolatry in the house of God. Idolatry. They're trying to tell God, God, put your word aside and make your people follow our traditions. Make your people, your followers, follow our laws, not your laws. That's idolatry. Idolatry in the house of God, in the presence of the Lord, trying to peddle their religion on Jesus. Well, the Lord has to break that thing down. (laughs) He has to break that thing down and tell them, hey, that's not how it's going to be, boys. No, no, no. He tells them, uh, he gives them an indictment. I mean, he, he renders a judgment. He says, well, did Isaiah or Isaiah prophesy concerning you? This people draw nigh to me with their lips. Now get a hold of that. They draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In other words, they talk a good talk. They say, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And they say, oh, we are holy. Oh, they say this and that. But Jesus said, in vain, they do worship me. All of their talk or fancy music or highfalutin messages. The Lord said, it's nothing. If it does not deal with the heart of man, it's worth nothing. It's vanity, meaningless. That's all it is. Your worship must conclude with the heart. It must begin with Jesus and end with your heart. If your worship does not cleanse the heart, it is worthless. Religion doesn't clean you, but relationship with God does Jesus is a lamb of God who would come to take away the sins of the world. It is his shed blood that would cleanse them. And so the Lord told them, he called them hypocrites. He said, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah or Isaiah prophesy concerning you? He said, hypocrites, you are actors on his stage. Oh, well done. You are actors up this, on the stage. In other words, you perform for people and people will give you an applause. But God said, you do nothing for me. Your worship is vanity and it will bear no fruit. Let's take a moment and think about that for a minute. These are idols, again, that they set up, religious idols that they kept going from year to year to year to year, things handed down to them of ways to be right with God. But these ways were not measured by God. It was measured by man. And when you look at religion and things like this, it's always man comparing himself to man. Uh, Think about this. Here's another religious thought. You know, at least I don't, I'm not as bad as him. At least I don't do that like her. At least I do go to church. At least I do read my Bible. I'm not as bad as they are. That is religious every day of the week. Consider another parable that Jesus gave when he said two men went up to the temple to pray. And the one, a Pharisee, and the, and the other, or other, uh, one's a Pharisee or religious person, 
and the other one was a sinner, I believe a tax collector. And they both go up to pray. And, and the Pharisee, I believe it was Pharisee, he, he prayed by himself and said, Lord, I thank thee that I am not like this sinner. I'm not like this publican over here. I pay my tithes. I, I do this and I do that. The Bible says he prayed thus to himself or with himself. It was just an act. But that publican, that sinner over there, couldn't even lift up his head. He said, Lord, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. He wasn't religious. He was talking to God, not talking to himself in order to please everyone else. And so let's, as we go back to Mark, Mark 7, Jesus calls them hypocrites. Now, there's nothing wrong again with washing pots and, and cups and washing your hands before you eat. That's a good thing. Do that. But any activity we hold as better than his word, then we're going to have a problem with that. Anytime, let's say you go to church or let's say you have a favorite seat. If someone comes in and sits in your seat, someone that you don't know, obviously this must be a guest, right? In the house of God. But they came and sit in, sat in your seat. What feelings does that invoke? Or maybe they came and parked in your parking space. What feelings does that invoke? This is someone that is possibly coming to the house of God to be changed, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. They don't know your ways. They don't know your traditions. They just want to meet Jesus. They want to see Jesus. But oh my goodness. Don't let them sit in your chair, right? <laughs> Don't let them have your parking space. Then there's a problem going to happen, <laughs> you know? No, we need to push that aside and realize that we're here to glorify God. We're here for the glory of God. We're here under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have just a short time to get them ready to see him. Our lives are to be a reflection of of Christ in everything that we do. Now let's get back into the text. Again, Mark 7. So Jesus says, hey, you guys are hypocrites. You're teaching people to only observe the outside of their lives. You're teaching people, don't do this and don't do that. But your religion does nothing for the inside of them. You see, because if you wash the inside of the cup first, the outside gets washed too. You're going to find it pretty hard to, and I, I wash dishes quite often. You're going to find it hard to wash that cup on the inside without getting some, some soap and water on the outside of the cup. You're going to find it hard to wash a plate on one side, the side you eat on, without getting water and soap on the other side as well. If you focus on the inside, getting the heart right, the outside will get clean by default. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be clean. It's going to be a byproduct of the two. Now, Jesus goes on to tell them, he said, eating with unwashing hands does not defile you. He says it does not defile you. We're going to look at that word defile just for a few minutes. He said it doesn't defile you, but he said because all those things are come from the, they come from the outside, but they don't enter into the heart. 
He said, you know, you eat the food and it just goes, goes through you. He said, but the things that defile you come from the heart outwardly. Those are the things that defile you. And the word defile simply means to be unclean. It means to be dirty. It means to really not to be in the position to offer pure and unpolluted worship before God. Let's look at some scripture here in the book of Leviticus and find out more about this word defiled and how it relates. There are two scriptures I want you to see about being defiled. Leviticus, the seventh chapter, look at, listen to verse number 21. Leviticus 7, verse 21. It says this, Moreover, the soul that shall touch any unclean thing as the uncleanness of man or any unclean beast or any abominable unclean thing. And listen, they touched all this. They, they, they're, they're considered now unclean, ceremonially unclean. Listen. And then it says, and eat of the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings. Then you try to worship me, right? Your hands are unclean. Your, your life is unclean. And then you try to worship. You try to eat of the sacrifice. What happens? He says, which pertained unto the Lord, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. God said, I can't receive that. I can't receive your sacrifice. I can't receive your worship because your, your life is unclean. And we're going to talk about that for a moment. And this life here is talking about really, uh, of course, in the Old Testament before Christ Jesus, they were really talking about touching things, touching things that were unclean. God said, if you do that, if, you don't, if you're not cleansed, if you're not washed by the blood of sacrifice, if you don't go through the right purifications then, and then try to worship me, you're going to be cut off because it's a serious thing. Look at this, and I'll show you how this relates to us in today's modern-day church as well. Look at Leviticus 22, verse number 3. The Lord says, Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all, of all your seed among your generations, that goeth unto the holy things, which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. So there is a, I mean, it's a thing. To be unclean means, of course, we, as in these two cases, one, to be cut off from the people. Secondly, to be cut off from the presence of God. Remember, the Father is holy. He is righteous. He is just. He is clean. Now, the question is, how can we become clean because now there is no more sacrifice. Jesus is the last lamb of God and he has taken away the sins of the world. His blood actually cleanses us now and washes us now. We are righteous in the sight of God because of what Jesus did for us with his blood. So how does Leviticus relate to us? In the Old Testament, they had to go through purification rites in order to become clean. In the New Testament, we become clean by confession and by repentance of sin, by receiving what Jesus has done for us. 
But this still relates to having a clean lifestyle. Walking before the Lord in integrity and honesty, having an authentic Christian life or living, should I say, an authentic Christian life. That is, you're not being a hypocrite. You're giving God all of your life. Now, that's not to say that you won't make mistakes, that you won't sin, that you won't fall short, that you won't miss the mark. From time to time, unfortunately, it's going to happen. But what you do after that defines who and what you are. Because a believer falls but gets back up. It is the unbeliever, it is the, it is the one who acts as a hypocrite that falls and wallows in the mud. No intentions of getting out of it. No intentions. Just fall and stay down. All will fall. But the believer, the righteous, those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, those will get back up again. We're like palm trees, right? When the wind blows, we lean over. But when the storm is over, we stand back up. Glory to God. You know, the pine tree, when the wind blows, if it blows hard enough, will bend over and break. But the palm tree bends right back up again after the storm is over. Glory to God. Jesus makes us clean. He washes us and he sets us free. As a matter of fact, let me read you one scripture here. Let's go to the book of 1 John. 1 John uh, verse 7 through 9. Because Jesus is cleansing us and he's washing us. And one of the things he cleanses us and washes us from is idolatry. Idolatry. If you listen to the Holy Spirit of God, he'll tell you what you're holding up higher or in higher esteem than the word of God, than the Lord in your life. He'll tell you what it is or sometimes who it is that you're holding up before him. And if we're in idolatry, let me tell you, you're missing out on the promises of God big time. You're disqualifying yourself, not from salvation. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you're saved, but there are some blessings and the word of God and promises that are in this life right here, right now, that you will fall short of because of living a hypocritical lifestyle. We got to give that whole thing to God. You say, I like doing it. I don't know if I want to stop doing it. Start right there in prayer. Father, I like this. I don't know if I really want to stop this, but I love you and I don't want this above you. Could you help me? Could you help me? Would you help me? Help me, please. Start from where you are and walk from there. And you'll find that the Father goes before you on every side. Listen, once again here, we're going to end with this tonight. First John, the first chapter, first John one. And let's look at verse seven, eight, and nine. And it reads like this. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now listen to verse number eight. Verse eight says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You see that? You're going to fall. You're going to have something there. But listen, as we keep on walking with him, he's cleansing us. Let's look at verse number nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's through confession, talking to the Lord about it repenting about it. 
getting it all out in the open. Remember, the devil works in darkness. He works in secret places. He doesn't want you to focus on the inside on your heart. He wants you to focus just on keeping the external things. Make sure you show up for church on time. Make sure you, you do this religious act. Make sure you help this person, that person. You can do those things, but just don't allow God to come in your heart and change things. That's what he says. Remember, the Lord works like a microwave, so to speak. The microwave cooks from the inside out. It is an oven, the heat of the oven that cooks fruit, that cooks food from the outside in. And that's what religion does. It tries to influence you from the outside. That's what the devil does, trying to influence you from the outside. And it's not going to fully work. Sometimes the outside will burn up before the inside is really cooked. And sometimes the inside may not be cooked at all when you're dealing with that, you know, that oven part thing. You know, praise the Lord. So let me leave you with that tonight. Only Jesus can cleanse you. Only he can make you whole. Only he can wash you from defilement, from being dirty on the inside. And sometimes we can feel really dirty. We can feel ashamed. We can feel guilty from so many things in this life. This life can really get you dirty and can really get you down. But only Jesus holds the answer that you need for your life. He is the answer. If you've never received him as your Lord and as your Savior, now's the time to do it. This is the place, this is the time, and you are the person. I believe that the Lord wants to come into your heart even right now and help you dig out, help you mine out the good things that are in you and help you to cast away all those bad and negative and evil things. I believe he wants to restore you and that he wants to make you become all that you are meant to be. Only he can deliver your soul from the pit and set you up on high. If you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never invited Jesus in your heart, now's the time. Or maybe you have and you've backslidden, you've gone away. Well, let's pray this prayer together. And I believe the Lord will receive you even right now. So just pray with me. Just say, Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent of my sins. I turn my back on those things and I turn to you. I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit, with, it, with the evidence of a changed life. I thank you, Father, for saving me and for delivering me and making me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe if you prayed that prayer out of the sincerity of your heart or something like that, I believe that the Father has received you. And I say to you, welcome to the family of God. Welcome, welcome. All right, well, that's all the time that we have right now. And I pray that this time was fruitful for you and that you were blessed. Don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message and so many more. So check it out. We love you and communicate with us when you go there as well. Click on the contact button in that, again at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, we'll see you next time 
Remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.